Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, what a difference a week makes. Uh, if you were here last week, you'll know that last Sunday we had more people both here at St. George's and at Calvary Church than we've had in all of 2020. Uh, but that was a week ago, which for some of us might feel like a lifetime ago. We've heard a whole lot in the news just in the past few days, and maybe we should have been listening even last week. But my friends, in this time of crisis, and whether it's crisis or whether things are going perfectly, the same truth remains, and that truth is this. You and I, we have already died. We have been baptized. What we have left is to be made alive. And I'm going to say that one more time. If you get nothing else, you're going to get this. We've already died. What we have left is to be made alive. As St. Paul makes very clear, death for us now is not death. When we die, life is changed. So how does that connect to the text that we just read? That text is particularly long. It's one of the longest we ever read, and you you got the gist of it. So I'm not going to go through all of it. In fact, this sermon may not actually be all that long. But the gist of it is just really this. We preach each and every week. We have Jesus, and we have a Samaritan woman. And if you know anything about the relationship between Jews and Samaritans, it's this. They don't like each other at all. Why is that, you ask? They're essentially all from the same patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the father of both groups, and yet Jews view Samaritans as heretics and vice versa. Well, think about it this way. For you in your own lives, the people you tend to disagree with the most, fight with the most, do they tend to be those who are very far removed from you? Or do they tend to be those who are very similar to you? Or maybe the closest to you? Maybe it's a family member, a brother, a friend. I don't know. But for our text today, Jews and Samaritans do not get along. So the fact that Jesus encounters this Samaritan woman is rather wild. First, he's a Jew. She's a Samaritan. She rightly says, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. Second... She's a woman. In the ancient world, men did not just simply go up to women. There's no equal rights or anything like that of this day. Thirdly, as the text makes clear, she's a sinner. What does she say? Well, I don't have any husband. She hides the truth. And Jesus, seeing her, says, what you say is half true. You have had five husbands, and the person you're living with now is not even your husband. But here is the amazing thing about this text, the amazing thing that connects to our reading from Romans. She has peace with God. She has peace with Jesus, despite the fact that she is a heretic, despite the fact that she is a sinner. Jesus does not condemn her. The text just says he saw her. He probably saw her 
in a way that, where she had never been seen before. In fact, a lot of scholars say that the reason why she's out getting water in the middle of the day, when no one in the ancient world would do that, it's hot, you get water when it's still dark early, is probably because she's been socially ostracized because of her multiple husbands. But Jesus sees her. For all intents and purposes, she is a leper of her day, someone to be avoided at all costs, someone who might just contaminate them. But what does Jesus do? Jesus moves towards her, and he offers her living water. He offers her himself. This is not just some story that happened 2,000 years ago. That's a nice history lesson. You and I serve the living God who continues to make a way out of no way, who continues to offer suffering sinners like you and me this same living water. He sees us and he continues to offer himself. My friends, we have been baptized. As we read last week, we already have been born again, born from above. So we have peace with God. And in a sense, despite the fact that we have fears, we need not fear in an ultimate sense. Because all we have left is to be made alive. I'm going to end the sermon on this. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. He wrote this in 1948. If you want to look it up, it's on living in an atomic age. And he's writing about the crisis of, it's right after World War II, everyone's afraid we might just get blown up. Here's what he writes then that I think is very relevant today. It goes like this. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why, as you would have lived in the 16th century, when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age, when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love are already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. 
This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts. Not huddled together, like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies. A microbe can do that. But they need not dominate our minds. My friends, you and I have already died. You and I have this living water. What's left is to be made alive. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.